to Between a Rock and a Hard Place. I'm Hannah. And I'm Colleen. And we're going to tell you about our life in Iraq. It's going to be fun. I hope so. All right, so today we get to talk to our office manager and so much more. Yeah, like office mom. I'm pretty sure we might all die <laughs> if she wasn't here. This is Kim. <clears throat> we Hello. didn't say her name. Kim. <laughs> Yes, you may know her from some midway breaks in the past. Uh, yeah. She's the one that wants all your money. <laughs> but I think this is going to be a fun, fun one because uh, the goal today is just to have Kim tell stories. And mm-hmm. t- Kim tells the best stories. I'm not sure if it's because your life is like crazy. Yeah, or... <laughs> usually. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's also some actual like storytelling skill that you bring to your stories that just know. make them so much funnier. Well, my husband says they get way too long, so I'll try to keep them short. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't mind. <laughs> we love your we stories. We get a two episode arc. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> two episodes. <laughs> That might happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kim, why don't you tell us how you got started with Servant Group? Well, my husband and I were planning on going overseas to work with Kurds, and um, it just was not moving at the pace that we had hoped Mm -hmm. or thought that God would move that way. So, someone told us about the Kurds coming to Nashville and a group called Servant Group that worked here mm-hmm. among Kurds. So, we decided, hey, we should check it out. And within six months, we were here. How long ago so, was that? 25 years. Yeah. 25 years, years ago. From South Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. But yes, we went to college in South Carolina. So, we've been here ever since. I mean, we really thought that we would go overseas and live many years working among Kurds overseas, but those doors just did not open, and God led us here, and this is where it seems he's kept us. So that's where we are, doing ministry here. But you did live in Iraq for like... We did. Four, six uh, months? Five months. months. The plan was to be there six months until the flood in Nashville happened, and that brought us back a month early since our house flooded. Do you have good stories about... <laughs> I mean, I know you live with the wind. <clears throat> So, yes. people who've been listening to this podcast know Katrina Winchester. Oh, she okay. And talked about going shopping. Okay. All right. It was a good topic for her. Yes. Um, so, they know a little bit. So, don't don't say anything bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did enjoy our time there with Winchesters, mixing her two daughters and our son in the same house, but separate, separate levels, floors. You know, there's always those kid things. And, sure. you know, we had the boy, they had the girls, and, you know, sometimes they'd say, did you know your son is out walking on top of the wall and putting mud on the light? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, but for the most part, they had a, a great time together, and um, it was a good time. So, I think one of the funniest memories that we have living in that house together is there was a shared washer and dryer area. Mm -hmm. And we had a brand new washer and dryer. Fancy. And it was really nice until we started washing. And every (laughs) time the washing machine got to the spin cycle, 
it would shake like in an unreal way. Like if you've ever seen a cartoon with a washing machine walking across the floor, <laughs> uh-huh. that's what this one did. <laughs> I mean, really, it absolutely turned around backwards sometimes. It would shake so hard. And we were we would start screaming and trying to figure out what are we going to do and all this kind of stuff. So we finally figured out that there was a certain cycle, which was the spin and rinse cycle, that it would do most of its... Uh, crazy things so we took turns whenever somebody washed clothes and it got to the spin cycle you had to run downstairs and jump on top of the washing machine like arms and legs yeah i mean sometimes we would like like, just lay on it and hold it and other times we would jump on the top of it and sit there till it finished its cycle (laughs) really and it would shake you like crazy like we We'd sit there and say funny things and try and sing a song because it would make our voice shake and everything. And we, you would sit there, and it seemed like it was a 20-minute cycle, and I know it wasn't, but you just, I mean, day after day when we'd wash clothes, that's what we would do is, who's going to run sit on the washing machine? And um, so that really went on for months, and then one day the washing machine would not work. So, Kenley and Steve loaded it up on, I don't know, somebody's truck. Somehow, they were able to get it to the store. And they just kind of looked at Kenley and Steve and said, well, nobody took the bolt out of it that's supposed to hold the thing in place when it's being transported. So, there's a certain, like, there's a certain thing that is supposed to, like, hold it. So that it doesn't spin. So that it doesn't spin correctly or whatever. Right. And that's supposed to be removed when it's installed. When it's installed. But we didn't install it. It was there when we got there. Oh, God. So somebody didn't do what they were supposed to oh, do. No. And that's why it was dancing all over the floor. I guess because it was trying to spin and it really couldn't yeah. spin correctly. So that was a real joke. But anyway, so, we really laugh about that. Did it? Did they take the bolt out? They and did. It was fine. And then it was fine. <laughs> yes. So, but that really went on for several months before it broke. And then, oh, well, it didn't really break, oh, but it quit man. working. So, I feel like that's yeah. like the perfect example of like, <laughs> well, that's just the way things got <clears throat> in here, I guess. Yeah. And so you're just like, yes. Deal with it until somebody from there comes along <laughs> and is like, this, this ain't right. Yeah. This ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just thought, oh, well, I guess the floor's unlevel. Um, I guess the this is how washing machines work here. Who knows? But it was we felt like it was cleaning our clothes, so we just kept using it that way. Fair enough. But it was very nice not to have to jump on it in the end. (laughs) You didn't have to schedule whose turn it was to ride ride the washing machine. We didn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you could have sold tickets. Could have. Yeah. It was funny. It you was have, funny. You could have had your own like YouTube channel with you know <laughs> adventures on the washing machine. That's true. On viral. Well, we didn't think about it then. Oh, man. Yeah. So that was one of our funny ones for sure. We also had. You want me to go on with another? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We also had. I think it was when in the first two weeks of being there, you know, you don't put your toilet paper in the toilet. You have to have a trash can in your bathroom to put your toilet paper in. And everyone told us this, and we knew this, and we'd already been in the country for at least a week in Istanbul, and things are done that way too. Mm -hmm. So 
we were getting pretty used to that idea. But one day, our toilet would not flush and started backing up and running mm-hmm. over. And we were, like, freaking out. And so we told, um, I guess, I don't know, we had somebody in charge that we would go to. And they said, oh, you're putting toilet paper in. We said, no, we're not. Yes, you must be. You must be. We're not. We're using the trash can like we're supposed to. We're not flushing toilet or toilet paper down the toilet. So then they ended up calling a plumber who came out who insisted that we were putting toilet paper in the toilet. Mm -hmm. And we said, no, we're not. And they said, yes, this is the problem. So they spent an entire day trying to unclog our toilet, took the toilet out. I won't even describe the sewage that was coming out all into our house, into the tile floor, everywhere. We couldn't even stand to be in there. Was it the first floor? Yes, it was the first floor. floor. So it wasn't like running down down the walls or anything. But it it was not pretty and it was not a nice smell and they kept on and kept on and kept on trying to unclog this toilet so about half the day was gone and I thought why don't they go out on the garage or in the carport area and there was like some drainage Mm -hmm. hole or something out there and I thought why don't they go out there and see if that's clogged like why they keep going into the toilet area But no one ever thought to do that until the end of the night when they'd been there all day long. Then they guessed they couldn't figure out why the toilet was backing up. So they went out to that drain in the garage and guess what they found? Lots of construction drywall plaster that was stuck down in that hole. So there was no toilet paper anywhere. Just Uh the drywall stuff plaster stuff from all the construction because it was a new building and so so things that had fallen down in there and clogged up was it just like random construct like this fell in here and so we just (coughs) rinsed it off and it went in here yeah probably let's throw this down no i don't i surely uh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) surely they didn't do that surely it was just let's spray the plaster stuff Uh off the patio and it went down that drain, and then it hardened, I guess. But Yikes. that's what it was. And But we even had teachers and people at the school saying, you cannot throw toilet paper in the toilets. <laughs> We're not. All day long, we told them. But they didn't believe us. Did, did you sing the Mary, <coughs> your duty song? So what happened after that is we continued to tell our children, the Winchester kids and our son, please do not put any toilet paper in the toilet and they're they are all insisting we're not we're not but what happened is we made up one rap and two songs about not putting toilet paper in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) so we felt like if we could all remember the songs then every time anybody went to the bathroom we'd be singing them in our head um not to put toilet paper in the toilet you're going to share the lyrics. I wish I could remember all the lyrics. Um, the only line mm, I know is, do your duty, duty. Do your duty, duty. When you wipe your booty, <laughs> toss it in the can. Take it like a man. <laughs>
Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Who came up with these? Um, well, actually, Steve wrote his own. Okay. Camden and I are the ones that wrote the rap. Uh-huh. And then the Winchesters did one together. And they really have a hard time, because I've asked them since then, and they cannot remember it. But it had something to do with the tune of, Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest. <laughs> yeah, it went to that tune, but I don't remember the words. How, yeah. how old was Camden <clears throat> when you guys moved there? Camden was 10. 10, all right. And Caroline hit... As Katrina would say, she became a teenager and hit the teenager mood Mm -hmm. and all of the emotions that go with a teenager the day we arrived. Well, fun. So that was was part of the thing that she used to say was, oh, my word, I didn't know she was going to have all these teenager emotions and, um, you know, attitudes the day we arrived. Yeah. Just to interrupt, if you really want to help us out, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts. The reviews there really help us get found by other people. So if you could do that for us, that would be great. Thanks. Camden is uh, well known in the office yes. because he uh, caused a lot of ruckus as a kid. Yes, he did. And as much as I would love to do a podcast just of Camden stories, <laughs> we are kind of focused on Iraq. So did he get any uh, get into any shenanigans in Iraq? Well, I think the biggest one was him just, in our opinion, he was our fifth mm-hmm. child. So it was just like, eh, you know. He's being a boy. Just let him do stuff. So there was a construction site right next door to us. So he would go over there and climb up on walls and stuff like that. Uh And one day we read the book, How to Eat Fried Worms. Mm -hmm. And that's where the idea came from to climb up on the wall and walk around the top edge of the wall and then smear dirt on the lamppost. Because I think somewhere in there they did put worms on the lamppost or to cook them or something like that. Interesting. So, you know, when... Not a lot of worms. When (laughs) kids... No, but the dirt worked. I guess. I guess. I don't know. So, anyways, when Kinley said, did you know your son's walking on the wall and putting dirt all over the lamppost? And he said it as if, why would your son do that? And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, because we just read How to Eat Fried Worms. Mm -hmm. So... No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't burn anything to the ground. Yeah. Didn't break um, his arm. Yeah, I don't remember. You know, he used to ask us over and over and over the whole time we were there, can we go home early? I mean, he really did great there. He made friends there. He did fine in school. Mm-hmm. We homeschooled. But he missed his siblings, I think. Yeah. And he'd always say, can we go home early, Kim? And we'd say, no, we're not going home early. We are here for six months. And then the flood happened. So, I mean, maybe the flood was because he wanted to go home. <laughs> the flood was Camden's fault. <laughs> it, it was Camden's fault. Could have been. We'll, we'll let the people <clears throat> in Nashville know that. <laughs> so we did get to go home early because of the flood. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't remember anything... That was kind of its own adventure, right? Yeah. Like, getting out 
out of Iraq. Yeah. Back was like. Yeah, because we had just bought our return tickets mm -hmm. for a month later. Mm -hmm. Literally, I think two days before the flood. Oh my gosh. So then we had to go in and have all of that changed and figure out how to get out of the country quickly. And, you know, we really didn't get to say goodbyes to people. Right. And that was another funny story. I had second grade students that I was teaching. And so the morning that we got the news that our house had four and a half feet of water in it, and we were talking to all of our kids on FaceTime, our older kids that were home and in our house on FaceTime, and... um they were saying, you know, they were showing us all the damage and all that kind of stuff. And we were upset. I was upset and crying. And I decided that I was still going to go teach my classes because they didn't happen till like noon or after, yeah, right after lunch. So I thought, well, I've got time and I'll still go teach. Well, by the time I got to school, the news had spread mm -hmm. all over the school that our house had been flooded and um, our oldest son had actually got caught in a current and almost, I mean, almost drowned, really, mm -hmm. and was rescued on top of a bridge and all this kind of stuff. So some of this news had gotten out. So by the time I got to my class, my second graders were like, oh, miss, oh, miss, we heard, we heard about your house and, and your son he's he's dead and we're like no no he's not dead your son he flooded your house has got water i said yes but my son did not die he's fine <laughs> all the exaggerated stories that they had come up with from that morning until the time i saw them was hilarious really <laughs> they I, I don't even know that they understood what a flood was but Anyways, that was pretty funny. It made you feel like, well, I guess it could have been more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so that was that was quite an adventure, that mm -hmm. whole thing, having to come back home and then come to all of the mess that was here. But, yeah. yeah. So I think the other funny story that uh, I experienced in, we actually traveled down to um, from Erbil to Suli one time. Mm -hmm. And we were going to visit some family of friends that we already had here mm -hmm. and so they already knew of us they knew we were coming they knew that we were friends with their son and so they were super excited about meeting us and we were excited about meeting them too so they had this you know it was a beautiful summer spring evening so we were they had this whole outside area set up with tables and chairs and they were cooking and we were going to have a big feast and so we arrive. Are these curtains? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yes. So we arrive and we go into their little yard, garden area where we're going to spend the evening. And her mom comes up to me and gives me the biggest hug and starts the kissing on the cheek. Well, I was pretty new to all this mm -hmm. as far as that goes. But I had learned that sometimes you get two kisses and sometimes you get three kisses mm -hmm. and occasionally you get four. So we did the three kisses on each, you know, cheek to cheek to cheek. And I thought she was coming back in for a fourth one. And she maybe was going to hug me. I don't know. But we ended up kissing <laughs> lip to lip. And she screamed and I screamed. And we were both so surprised. Because <laughs> 
it was just like, I don't know what she her intent was, but she wasn't planning on kissing or whatever. But, yeah, we kissed lip to lip. And it was like, whoo! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> so that was funny. <laughs> oh, man. I know, so because I lived in that the house that you lived in. Oh, yeah. Like, <clears throat> the summer after you right. moved out. I know that the neighbors next door really missed you um, because they only spoke Kurdish. And so they were, like, super impressed with Steve. Yes. And they asked about you all the time. But I also know that, like, some of your interactions with them (laughs) were a a little odd. Yes. Even by Kurdish standards. Yes. What? Yes. (laughs) There was the man next door who was older than us. Mm -hmm. They were so friendly, and yes, Steve could communicate with them in Kurdish, and so they invited us over, and, you know, they're showing us their house a little bit, but he was all excited to take all of us, not just the men, not just Stephen Kinley, but all of us down to his basement to show us his workout room, and he had exercise equipment and all this kind of stuff where he worked out, and every day... Every day, and he's telling Steve and Kenley, you know, I do this, I do this, I do 10 of this and 15 of this. And we were just all interacting, saying, wow, like, that's great. All of a sudden, he rips his shirt off. (laughs) He takes his shirt completely off to his bare chest and starts showing us how he uses his machines. And we were all so shocked because that would not be normal Kurdish culture. Especially in front of us ladies. Ladies, So the men would have been shocked, but the fact that we were down there was even more shocking that he did that. (laughs) That was pretty funny. (laughs) Okay, how strong. Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. It's like, let me show you my muscles and let you see how strong I am. (laughs) It was a funny one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they used to come when I lived there. They would the wife would come and knock on the door and be like, "Where's the guy that speaks Kurdish?" Like she, she didn't say it in English, right. obviously. She You're was right. like, "Where's the Kurdish man?" Yeah, and we yeah. were like, "I don't know what you want from us. I'm sorry, we're not Steve." But yes, yeah. they missed him. And you guys came and visit visited us while we lived there. Yeah, we did. And I think Steve got to talk yeah, to them. Yeah, I think he did. Explain to them <laughs> Ex- who we were. Yeah. Um, a year after the flood, we decided we really wanted to go back to not only see people, but to see our students mm-hmm. because we had to leave so abruptly. Yeah. And we really didn't get to properly say goodbye or enjoyed our time here or anything like that. So <clears throat> we did go back. Yeah. And you taught second grade what subject? Math. You taught math? <laughs> I did. I mean, not that you're not able to. Yes. I, I would not be able to teach second yeah, grade Yeah, second math. grade math. Well, that reminds me of another funny story because I was we were working on story problems. And okay. I was trying to teach the kids how does this story problem tell us that we should add these numbers or should we subtract these numbers, you know, in the story problem, trying to understand how to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so one day, I was trying to get them to understand the story, and it was actually in the book. I didn't make it up. (laughs) And it was 
you know, two children put their feet in the water, how many toes are in the water? Okay, something to that effect. All right. So, I'm thinking two children, they each have ten toes, so ten and ten is twenty. Mm-hmm. And I read the story, and these kids all looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I said, how many toes are in the, in the pool, in the water? They're shaking their head. Miss, we don't know. And I said, listen to the story again. I probably read it four times. I probably read it four times and kept asking them, how many toes are in the water? They said, miss, we don't know. So I took off my shoe, and I wiggled my toes, and I said, toes. And all of a sudden, I said, do you call these toes? They said, no, miss, they're foot fingers. (laughs) That's what they told me. I was like, okay. I was like, well, how many foot fingers are in the water? 20, miss, 20. (laughs) Foot fingers. No. Yeah, that's what they told me. That, that's a thing that never, I have never heard anyone call them foot fingers. That's what they said. But I guess we don't really talk about feet Yeah, because they're like... Oh, they the laughed when I took my, they laughed when I took my shoe off. <laughs> and I know that's probably not a good Kurdish culture thing, but I'm but. trying to get these second graders to understand toes. I said, in America... <laughs> We call these toes, fingers and toes. But no, they said, no, miss, foot fingers. <laughs> and I thought, well, no. I guess that makes sense. If these are fingers, those are foot fingers. <laughs> but yes, I didn't really have much trouble te- teaching second grade math. It was just addition. Now, if they'd asked me to teach fifth grade or sixth grade, <laughs> or if they asked me to teach the new way of teaching math in America, I would say no, because I don't understand how you do it. <laughs> As usual, full of great stories. Indeed, indeed. Even new ones, the ones that I haven't heard before. That's (laughs) special. Was that a new one? Yeah. The foot fingers. The foot fingers story. All right, there you go. Find something funny in your life today and write us a story about it. Yeah, or like weird interactions that you've had with kids that are like, what, what. What are you even talking about? Like the foot finger. I cannot get over foot fingers. Yeah. Do you know kids that call like things weird stuff? Because I feel like a lot of kids, as they're learning words, just like try to put things together Mm -hmm. and it comes out weird some way. Sometimes. My, My oldest son, when we were trying to teach him to put on his own shoes and to tie them or do the Velcro strap, he... We have no idea where he came up with this, but the what we refer to as the tongue in the shoe, he called the flunaflorn <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Pull the flunaflorn up. So <laughs> I never could figure out, like, where did you even create that word? But it was the flunaflorn. <laughs> okay. All right. Share us your stories. Yes, yes. your flunaflorn story. <laughs> love to hear from you. You can find us at Servant Group International on Facebook or Instagram, and you should check out our blog and complete transcripts over at servantgroup.org. And it's really helpful for us if you share our podcast or leave a review on 
whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. It helps us know that people are listening and you can let us know what you want to hear next. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh.